Hello. Hi there. Goodness, there's so much going on right now. My hand hurts all of a sudden. The doorbell just rang and I had about I have about 45 minutes and I'm not going to use all of it to record this episode before my girlfriend gets here. And the doorbell just rang and I said, "Am I tripping or is that her? What the heck's going on?" And it was this young guy with a backpack on. Um didn't look like a student, but he looked like some activist. And I took one look at him through the peephole and I said, sorry, so sorry. Can't do it. You have the right to approach my door and try to persuade me to whatever your cause is. You have the right to ring my doorbell once and give me a double knock. But I also have the right to ignore. And that's what I did. So sorry. Okay. Let me pull up my list of things to talk about today. First of all, let me say it's great to be with you. First of all, let me introduce the show. Hey, it's your boy Brian Escow here. Look, today's December 12th. It's a Sunday. Usually I record Saturdays, as you know, but I was knocked out. Let's see, I got the booster, the Pfizer booster on Thursday, and I've been pretty fatigued, honestly, the last three days. That's the only thing I would say. Pretty tired, pretty out of it, but I am awake for you. Um, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts if you can do that. That helps me. Appreciate that. Subscribe to the show, blah, blah, blah. Follow me on Twitter, blah, 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 at Brian Escow. Yeah, here are my notes for today. First of all, in no particular order, just listen to two Radiohead songs. A person on Twitter commented something that mentioned the song The Bends. They were replying to my tweet. I guess my tweet was something like when you've been to the bottom of the ocean you don't have to worry about getting a big head when you get to the top of the mountain. Some total bullshit like that. And I think this person was like, yeah but you might get The Bends cue the Radiohead song. It's a great song, an album. So I played that song, The Benz. Highly recommend you listen to it. It's so good. And so is that album. And after that song, it transitions right into High and Dry. Another gem from Radiohead. So I wrote that down because those songs really evoke an emotion in me. And... uh they're beautiful songs. I don't know what they mean. I don't know what it all means, but worth mentioning that. I promised I would do a second or two on Lorraine. Is it Lorraine or Lauren Boebert? Boebert. I think she's a Congress 
woman, right? Definitely not a senator. You know her. Her whole thing was, I'm bringing my gun to the Capitol. All right? And they were like, uh, this lady's going to be walking around armed. Okay. But she was like, she stood her ground, and she kind of was boosted politically. First of all, she got elected. Got herself elected, so she's obviously not. You know, anyone who gets elected, in my opinion, has some base level of talent that you ought to respect and even admire. But you don't have to make that a huge quantity of respect and admiration. My point is you want to respect even your opponents. So she's kind of thriving politically on her personality, which is, I know my rights, and I'm going to use them. And you can respect that. So this is Bobert, And I don't want to call her a caricature or unserious because I really don't want to be disrespectful even to people who are disrespectful to others. But I think it's fair to say that she's trading on her personality, which is a viable thing for a politician to do. Some trade on their personality, some trade on their policy wonk, skills, whatever. But she's a personality politician. I guess they all are to some degree. And she's doing her thing. Fine. She speaks to that her particular crowd, and that's fine. I know I could talk to that crowd. I think. I don't know how dark it really gets. Well, mentally, not physically, if you know what I'm saying. In those circles, but if if they're just about freedom and ex- and 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 knowing your freedoms and and using your freedoms, that's totally cool. Who could have a problem with that? You want to bring your gun to the Capitol? That's another thing. But to an extent, you get it, right? As long as she's not popping off at AOC or Ilan Omar, we should be cool. But, but she did pop off, not with a gun, but with her mouth. And she's talking to these bikers and these, quote, freedom lovers couple three percenters maybe but she's talking to some some i'm not gonna call them ruffians i could go to a bar and talk to a bunch of white dudes a bunch of bikers about america i know i could so i'm not judging anybody except bobert she made this remark about ilan omar and i'm spending more time on her than i intended to i don't know why So I'll just wrap it up by saying, you know what she said. You can look it up. It was all over the news. She implied that Ilhan Omar is a terrorist because she was like, oh, she didn't have a backpack. So I figured we should be good in in the elevator. Listen, guys, that's immature. That's so stupid. It's dangerous. Period. Nobody wins. Nobody won from that. I believe, first of all, I hope Ilana Omar is safe. I don't think she is. It's terrible. 
but it probably boosted Ilana Omar politically and degraded Bobert herself a bit. But her base, Bobert's base, I don't think it degrades her too much among her base. And I'm not going to make this about her base, okay? But Bobert, really stupid, lady. Come on. That comment, just, we should not go for the person, guys. We should not go for the jugular of the person. You can go for the jugular, but it's just like, what does that comment say about Bobert? What does that say about Bobert? Fuck, man. Awful. Anyway, okay. Next topic. One of my bosses was snooping around my little corner of the office on Friday. And he saw this quote that I have pinned up. And he asked me to print him a copy of it. And I did. Teddy Roosevelt, you probably know it. Far better is it to dare mighty things. To win glorious triumphs, even though checkered by failure, than to rank with those poor spirits who neither enjoy nor suffer much, because they live in a gray twilight that knows not victory nor defeat. That quote always resonated with me, and I've always struggled with what am I supposed to do? with myself? What do I want to do? When you feel so lucky, like I do, you feel, man, I could go in any direction. I, I am privileged. There's no question about it. We call it. You want to call it white privilege? You want to call it proximity to wealth privilege? You want to call it whatever? I'm lucky. And I'm 32 years old, and I'm finishing law school, and I've struggled, frankly, with what I want to do. But that quote means a lot to me. So I certainly based my law school admissions essay around that quote, now that I think about it. You got to get in the arena, I guess, is the point. You know, Tom Brady's documentary, I haven't watched it yet. Sure will. I believe it's called Man in the Arena. And that's what this is about, getting in the arena. And that's what this podcast is about. So appreciate the supporters. I think you guys know what I'm doing at this point. It's as much a personal journey for me and a personal thing as it is a as it is anything. I mean wouldn't call this a commercial endeavor, certainly at this point. Um, public, a public spectacle, a public project. So it's as much a personal project for me and a genuine thing as it is a public project as a podcast. Mm -mm -mm. So that's the Great Twilight quote. I like this quote. I just, the most important decision you make is to be in a good mood. That's good. Some account. Some Twitter, you know, motivational account posted that. It's good. 
Okay, I have a funny little story I will tell you. Real quick. So I was taking an exam last week. It was Tuesday. For jurisprudence, it's the class that I've been talking a lot about in recent episodes. You know, blah, 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 the one where I learned critical race theory. In the context of a class called jurisprudence, which is all about judicial decision-making methods. But uh, I was ready for the exam. I was, I was very ready, unusually ready. And so not worried as I walked into the, and you know, at this point, this is my fourth and final year of law school, taking, I don't know, 30, 40, 50, however many exams at this point. I don't know, something like that, 25, 40, something like that. And never had a problem. Um, One time, actually, contracts class, first year, I, uh, you're supposed to bring your laptop to the exam. And this was before COVID. During COVID, you know, you took it at home remotely, of course. But before COVID and after, well, at this point now, the expectation is you would show up to school with your laptop, with the exam software, preloaded on it, downloaded on it. And you punch in the code for your particular exam, you download it, and then you open your laptops and the exam is proctored and the people walk around, they monitor you. And if there's a multiple choice component, that's done on the software. If it's an essay component, that's done on the software. So they've given you, you know, they'll pass out a little scratch paper if you need it. But that's how it's done. So first year contracts class, I got there and I realized, oh crap, I forgot my laptop at home. And no problem. They have what's called a blue book, just a hard copy, backup. Hey, sir, um, ma'am, I'm not, you're not going to believe this. I left my, my laptop at home. Can I just handwrite the exam? Yes, you can. Perfect. I was freaked out for a minute. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to fail this exam. I, I can't believe I'm here at the school and I don't have my laptop. This is crazy. But it was no problem. They gave me a hard copy of the exam and I hand wrote it. It was all essays. That's it. So fast forward three years later, I guess it is now, which is crazy to think that time is flying like this. On Tuesday, I get to class and all weekend I'd been getting this message on my computer, you know, disk space full or, you know, very near capacity. You might want to start deleting stuff, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't think it was, I thought nothing of it. Well, exam time comes, and the disk space was so full to the point where it wouldn't run the exam software. And I didn't, you know, check that it beforehand. So I'm like, oh, shit. And it's literally 1.29. We're about to start the exam at 1.30. And this is the first time ever that they have the professors themselves proctoring the exams. Instead of, respectfully to anyone out there you know, who is offended by this, the old ladies who always do a great job. That's what they do. The old ladies never mess up. You know, they, they know what to do. Well, now you have the professors running the exams. And 
So I raise my hand. I go, um, Professor, sorry, I have a computer issue. Um, do you have a blue book up there? Like, I thought I could just do it like contracts. Oh, no, I don't. Um, he said, you know, they stopped doing those this year. And I go, they stopped doing those. He goes, but there's a, uh, there's a, uh, they have a, a guy outside, a representative from the exam software company. He can help you with any problems. I said, oh, well, I said, I don't have a comp- I don't have an exam software problem. I have a computer problem. It's not running the program. And it was like, oh my God, what the hell do we do? And he's like, I got to start the exam. I was like, all right. Um, and we got two hours to do the exam. So he, I, I step out of the room. He, he starts everybody. And then, he, and then I go down the hall and he meets me and we go to this office and we tell them what's going on. And they're like, yeah, you can't handwrite the exam. I'm like, I can't handwrite the exam. You're kidding me? I just, it's a simple essay question. I just need to handwrite. No problem. I'm good. Just give me a pen. Give me a pencil. Nope, can't do it. We ended the blue books. This, it's like, really? That's your new policy. Okay. Well, what, what's, what are we going to do? She goes, well, you got to rent a laptop. I'm like, okay. I got to rent a laptop. Okay. She puts me on and she says, well, this is my second time ever. No, they were great. Look, my school was great. So what happened was I bounced around from a couple offices. I ended up getting a rental laptop. I had to download the exam software. It was like a whole funny, it was like a Seinfeld, a total le- Gerber enthusiasm, rather, episode. I was delayed 30 minutes. They gave me a separate room. They gave me a full two hours to do the exam anyway. I finished in an hour and was out of there a half hour before any of the other classmates started, or excuse me, finished. So the exam took me an hour, and everyone else seemed to use every bit of the two hours. And the point is, I was really prepared for that exam, really prepared. And I would be surprised, and I will be slightly miffed if I don't get the best grade. But I'll be up there, and I'm proud of that. And that's the effort that you should give to everything you do. That is not the effort that I've given to every class in law school. It's a shame. And I'll just leave it at that. I wish I did better, but hey, I kind of went into law school thinking I'm going to work, which I am. I'm going I'm to get B's in law school, which I've gotten mostly. And that's my average. I have a B average. I have a B average. And I'm trying to bring it up. So that exam went well. It was funny. <laughs> but the point is, yeah, when you're ready, you're ready. And that's why the great NFL coaches always say, look, on game day, we're calm because we're prepared. It's all about preparation. We'll see how I do on the other two exams. And like I said, I'm hoping to raise my GPA just as a pride point. Make up for silly, silly procrastination and silly non-effort at various stages of law school, which I'm disappointed in. I digress. So that was, a, that was the story about the final. Last thing I'll say, because I, don't, I just don't want to go long. I have a bullet point here to talk about January 6th. January 6th people. And it's funny. 
before January 6th happened, I think my podcast is different, is received differently by the culture, by culture, if that makes any sense even, in the, in the culture at large, the political culture here, differently than it is now. Because now January 6th happened, and it's like, how can, you, how can you be searching for political identity? You're either for democracy, or you're against it. God, and that's heavy, and is, do I think that's true? Oof. Yeah, I do. I also don't like to simplify things more than they should be simplified. I like, you know, as Einstein said, you want to simplify them to the most appropriate degree and no further. So I understand and agree that January 6, 2021, excuse my language, fucked with my approach to this podcast and trying to find my political identity scrambled the idea because it's like how can you be searching given what happened and before i go on to concretely say you know let me let me let me say it like this you know i never voted for trump i voted for hillary and then i voted for biden I'm a two-time obama voter The question I pose to you is this. Let's go to the Russia collusion story at the beginning of Trump's presidency, even prior to his election. Do you think that was a witch hunt like Trump said, or do you think it was legit? My dad, and I hate to go rely on my dad, you know, my dad said, <laughs> the old family arguments, but my dad is a, uh, smart and well-read guy, and he read all the Mueller report, and he's, he's as anti-Trump as it gets, believe me, believe me, and liberal as it gets. And he has come to the conclusion long-term that that was, he wouldn't use the term witch hunt, but he, he what my dad did say is that the Sean Hannity perspective ended up being more closer to true than the Rachel Maddow perspective, look in hindsight, on the entire Russian collusion. Kind of, okay, Russian collusion's not a legal term. Okay, the entire everything with Russia. My dad has zero interest in arguing for Trump, and he doesn't. So I said, Dad, wait a minute. This in, in a recent conversation we had a couple weeks ago. I said, if that's the case, if that's what you're telling me, Pause for a second. I said, if that's the case, and Trump was actually correct when he said that's a witch hunt, was he then not just playing by the rules the Democrats set in this election when he claimed fraud, when he claimed theft in the environment of the pandemic and with all the different things happening with the pan pandemic at play? And my dad said, you know, that's an interesting question. So I pose to you the same question, and most people that I've posed that to 
I've said Brian. Brian. Nothing justifies what Trump did. And I'm not saying that it did. I'm asking. I'm, it, it's a question that I posed. But for the sake of this conversation, let's assume it did not. Nothing justifies that level of dishonesty, the level of dishonesty that we've seen from Trump, even for Trump, with the election claims, which culminated in this January 6, 2021 event. Yeah, it's really clouded the environment and and made it darker and more difficult, as I said now, for me to even launch this premise. So I feel like I must say that you're never going to find me. I mean, I'm not going to say you're never going to find me at the Capitol marching or whatever. What the hell is going on with my monitors? Sorry. What the f- pissing me off? Trying to record here. Uh, you, I'm not going to say you're never going to find me in the streets marching, but you're not going to find me at, at the request of some president, a, a fringe request of some mildly strange president to. You're just not going to, I just don't answer the calls like that. I just don't, I'm not a sheep. Stop the steal doesn't work on me. Defund the police doesn't work on me. So anyway, those people I feel bad for. I feel bad for the people who are so easily called into action that they got whipped into a frenzy and it's just... I feel worse for the Capitol Police who were brutally attacked and the lawmakers who were threatened and all of that. But I feel bad for everybody. It's a, it's a lose-lose. And it's a lose-lose-lose because Trump lost and then everybody on both sides lost as a result of that, uh, that day. So it should be condemned. I condemn it. No matter what, But understand that Trump probably thinks, hey, man, I'm just playing by the rules, stretching the truth to the extent that they did when they tried to to take me out. I'm taking Biden out in the same way. So is it all just one dirty game of politics? I'll let that linger. But the results, I mean, how that manifested, I mean, it's just... Terrible. It's a shame. It's disgusting. Enforce the law. Let the chips fall where they may. But Trump is a is a guy who does not mind playing with fire. And so when you have that, I think you're gonna get the occasional explosion. And that was a serious explosion. Constitutional explosion. It's, it's hard to appreciate the gravity of that day. Hmm. Well, 
I guess I'll just leave it at that. I think I've chatted long enough. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm still kind of out of it, just in a weird mood since I got the the triple shot, the, the booster. Not that I'm trying to dissuade you from getting yours by any means, but I've just been freaking tired. And just even recording this podcast, I feel like I've just started to perk up. And that's good because my girl's on her way. In fact, she'll be here any minute. And next time the doorbell rings, I should answer it. So I'm going to go ahead and call it, edit this thing, and get it posted. And I don't know what we learned today, but the point is we showed up. We showed up, guys. I plan to show up every week for you. Oh, let me say this. Speaking of showing up, Searching for Political Identity is now also a newsletter. I started an account on Substack. And you can check that out in my link tree, you know, which is the link in my Twitter bio, 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 bio. So if you want to check out my newsletter, you can go to my Twitter and then click the link in my bio. I guess the overall point is when you click that link, you can get to the podcast and you can get to the newsletter. Podcast newsletter. My hip podcast newsletter. Searching for political identity. I've branched out. So speaking of showing up, that's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to show up every weekend, you know, preferably on Saturdays for this podcast. And I have a couple great guests lined up, by the way, for January. So be sure to be on the lookout for the next couple guests. It's going to be great. Um, But yeah, the newsletter... I'm going to try to do that weekly, I guess, as well, or maybe monthly. I'm not sure yet, but I got to pick a schedule and commit to it. And that's what I plan to do. So, yeah. I don't know. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, don't be shy on the uh, Apple Podcast ratings, if you know what I mean. Guys, thank you so much, and I will catch you next week. Have a good one. Bye.